how can I make sure that most of my life is intact whenever depression does hit, whenever anxiety does hit? Because I don't know about you, but if you suffer from depression and anxiety, when you get into those moments where you are depressed, your money doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. You can't you can't emotionally handle anything. And that's whenever we have to have a system set up for our money. So that way, if we ever do fall into those difficult times, that everything's just kind of running on autopilot with our money and our finances, and we can focus on our our mental health. Hey, this is Allison, and welcome to the Inspire Budget Podcast, where we talk all things budgeting, debt, and saving money. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a little bit nervous about this episode, partly because I'm talking about something that I have experience in, but not actual training in. And also because I'm going to be very vulnerable and open here. I'm going to be sharing something about myself that not a lot of people know about, or that if they do know about it, they're usually pretty shocked. I also just want to very quickly from the start, add this disclaimer. I am not a therapist, I am not a psychiatrist. My experiences with anxiety and depression stem from my own personal experiences. These are things that I have dealt with, I've dealt with depression, I've dealt with anxiety for many, many years, which I'm about to dive into, and the tools or the tips or what I'm gonna be sharing today is what I have found has worked for me. And so my hope is that If you struggle with depression or anxiety, or you know someone, you have a partner or a family member who does, that you can try out these tips and tricks, try out these tools, so that way you can try to manage your money better whenever depression and anxiety does hit. You've set your money up to where you can focus on your mental health. And that's ultimately my goal. So feel free to take what works and leave what doesn't for you. A little bit of a backstory, I am, at the time of recording this, 34, almost 35, and I was diagnosed with depression, clinical depression, at the age of 13. I do think that I was struggling with depression before then, but that that was the moment really that I had the courage to come to my family and say something's really not wrong. Honestly, I was suicidal and therapy truly saved my life. I have had been battling with depression and anxiety for over half of my life. I've gone through years and years and years of therapy and years and years and years of struggles, usually under the surface that no one ever knows about. Stuff that I don't announce on social media, stuff that even some of my friends and family aren't even aware of because it's really hidden. It's it's very easy to put on a smiling face. And I remember whenever I was 13 years old, 14 years old, I can't exactly remember the age, but it was around that time. I literally felt like there was a weight sitting on my shoulders. My depression was so bad that I felt this physical, almost like someone was pushing down on me, just this physical weight on my shoulders. And what I realized now that I didn't know then was that was depression. I was depressed, but I thought there was something just wrong with me. And I didn't understand why I had these feelings, but no one else seemed to have it. And the only time, the only time I didn't feel that weight on me was when I was sleeping. So naturally, as a 13-year-old kid, really, I thought, hmm, well, what if I was asleep all the time? And that's when I became suicidal. And because I was depressed, I couldn't rationalize my thoughts. I couldn't rationalize the thought that 
going to sleep all the time wouldn't fix it. And that I would, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to cry on this podcast today, but it was hard. It was really hard. And getting into therapy, taking the step to talk to my parents about it and tell them something's not quite right saved my life. Truly it did. I didn't, I didn't want to go to therapy, but I was forced to go because that was the right thing to do. I was put on antidepressants, which helped a lot. I went to therapy all through from 13, all the way through high school. I was in therapy. I saw a psychiatrist for my medication to make sure my medication was working. And it was going through therapy that truly taught me how to think about my thoughts differently, how to question my thoughts. And, and this is over years and years as I didn't, I did not discover this at the age of 13 at 13. I was a mess, but it was, it was going through that, that helped me figure out how can I make sure that most of my life is intact whenever depression does hit, whenever anxiety does hit, because I don't know about you, but if you suffer from depression and anxiety, when you get into those moments where you are depressed, your money doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. You can't you can't emotionally handle anything. And that's whenever we have to have a system set up for our money. So that way, if we ever do fall into those difficult times, that everything's just kind of running on autopilot with our money and our finances, and we can focus on our our mental health. Our financial health is taken care of and we can focus on what what really matters, which is our mental health. And that's what I had to learn how to do over the years. I really didn't learn how to make my finances work for me so I could focus on my mental health until I was in my, I would say, late 20s, early 30s. But that's when I was able to really put a system in place that could run when I couldn't run it. Does that make sense? I hope it does. So if you are struggling with depression or anxiety, I hope you find something from this episode. Or maybe you have a partner that struggles with it or a kid that struggles with it. I know that one thing is my husband, he does not have these types of mental issues, but it's good for him to know how he can help me when I do struggle with this, when I do fall into a depressive state. So I hope this helps. If you've ever been depressed or you've ever had anxiety, you understand that our money doesn't care what our mental state is like. And to because of that, because life continues to go on, because bills continue to accrue, because you always have to stay on top of your money, even though you might not be in the best state mentally, I think it is imperative for everyone but especially people who ha- are dealing with mental issues or who have so who, do, who do struggle with depression or anxiety I think it is so important for them to create safeguards and systems with our money so that when our mental state isn't the best our money can still do what it needs to do ultimately I believe that mental health is more important than financial health always always It is always more important. However, our mental health impacts our financial health. And likewise, our financial health impacts our mental health. So if we can make sure when we're in a good mental state, when we're in a good place, if we can create a system that takes care of everything, then that means that we've created something that when we need to take care of ourselves, we can step back and things still run. 
things still work. Maybe you're not making the most amazing progress to your goals, but at least you're paying your bills. Maybe you're not investing a whole bunch of money every single month, but at least you can pay for therapy, right? So that is my entire outlook on this is how can I create safeguards and systems so that when or if I do deal with bouts of depression or bouts of anxiety that our bills can still be paid. We can still put put food on the table, even if that means that our, even if it means we're not reaching our incredible money goals, that's okay. Now, maybe you don't suffer from depression or anxiety. Maybe you're like, okay, Allison, I've never been diagnosed with that, but I still get really worried about money. I still feel very anxious when it comes to money. So while you might not suffer from depression or anxiety, there is something called financial anxiety. And financial anxiety is more severe than just worrying about how much money is in your bank account. It manifests itself similarly to symptoms with general anxiety disorder, such as tension, worried thoughts, and irritability. It shows up in a way that is very similar to anxiety. So even if you might not have depression or anxiety, you might still struggle with financial anxiety. And sometimes that's because of our current financial state. It could be because of our past experiences with money. It could be because of how we were raised with money. But regardless, whether you have depression or anxiety, whether you are struggling with financial anxiety, I do want to give you or or share with you some things that I did to help me make sure that I just kind of have like I said, a system in place, a, a roadmap for what to do now so that way my money could still work for me. Living with depression or anxiety or, or living with someone who has depression or anxiety, it's more about setting your money and finances up for success so that way whenever that hits, you can focus on your mental health. So let's talk about what I have personally done, five things, five things I do to help make sure that my financial health is stable and when I need to, I can prioritize my mental health above everything. And I'm talking, there are moments when depression hits or anxiety hits for me and I can't work or there are moments where I have to really cut back on work or there are moments when I just don't have the capacity to even make dinner which means that we're going to be ordering out a lot more, which means that our restaurant's budget is going to go up or our grocery budget might go up because I'm not making dinner from ingredients. I might just be buying frozen meals and those tend to be more expensive. So what I'm sharing with you is exactly what I've done, my own personal experiences. Take what you like, leave the rest. That's totally fine with me. The first thing is I want you to follow a plan. Following a plan when it comes to your money allows you to not spend as much of your mental energy focusing on what your next step needs to be. So for me, a plan, my plan years and years ago looked like, okay, first step, step one, save up an emergency fund. Step two, okay, now that, now that I've, or as I'm working on step one, step two, learn how to write a budget that works for me. Budget every single paycheck. Step three, track my expenses so I know if what my budget is writing is reasonable. Step four, add sinking funds to my plan. So having a plan that I could literally just follow, almost like a checklist, took the guesswork out of anything I had to do with my money, which I loved because anytime I was facing depression or anxiety, anytime I had, I remember I had postpartum depression really bad with my first child, 
I could didn't have to use any of my own thought process to figure out what I needed to do with my money because I had a plan, because I had a system in place when it came to how am I going to save, how am I going to pay my bills, how am I going to prepare for my future. Because I had a plan in place, it allowed me to focus on myself during those times and anyone else could step in and implement that plan. It wasn't complicated. It wasn't over the top. It was simple to follow. So that's the first thing I want you to do is I want you to have a plan for your money, knowing where your money is going, knowing how much you're spending on different things. It would even be amazing if you could write it out as a checklist so that if you need to hand it over and work on yourself, you can do that. So that's the first step. And that's something that I started doing, gosh, Probably in my 20s when I realized that, hey, this (laughs) depression, anxiety also impacts my finances, which I did not realize before. Once I realized that, that's whenever I really got a plan in place. The second thing I want you to do is I want you to build your savings and sinking funds up. Sometimes when depression or anxiety hits, our expenses increase and your savings can help cover this. Simply having more money in savings lessens our overall financial anxiety as well. So if you struggle with financial anxiety, having more money in savings can help release or relieve you of that anxiety. Here are some examples of how our expenses have increased whenever I have personally gone through depression or anxiety. The first thing, the most obvious, is my therapy bill increased. Right now, I go and I see my therapist once a month. I pay her $100 a month. But whenever I'm going through depression or anxiety, I go see my therapist once a week. So that goes from $100 a month to $400 a month. So having extra money set aside in savings can help cover that increase in therapy costs or adding it to your cash flow. Same thing with family members. If you have a child that becomes depressed or anxious, having more money in savings is great because then you can use that to help pay for their therapy. Because I know whenever I was in middle school, I was going to therapy every single week, maybe even sometimes twice a week because I was so deeply depressed. So having money in savings or setting aside money in a sinking fund can really help. So let's talk about this. Could you create a therapy sinking fund or a medicine sinking fund? I know that typically antidepressants and anxiety medicine can be usually actually fairly reasonably priced, which is wonderful, right? But sometimes it's not. Sometimes you might be on a special antidepressant that works for you. You have to find the kind that works for you. And I was once tried an antidepressant that was I want to say it was like $125 a month. So setting up a sinking fund for things like therapy or medicine or even just I'm not going to cook dinner for the next week because I'm in survival mode when it comes to my mental health. Having a sinking fund or savings for that helps too. So consider building up your savings and your sinking funds so that when you do deal with depression or anxiety, you have money to pull from and you're not adding the stress of putting things on a credit card or going into debt. And you can spend more of your mental energy and emotional energy dealing with yourself and what you need to do to get right. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by my free debt-free roadmap. Sometimes paying off debt is not as simple as it seems, and it is incredibly helpful to have a guide, a path, or a roadmap 
to follow. In my free debt-free roadmap, I'm giving you the seven easy steps to follow that will set you up for success on your debt-free journey. These are the steps that my husband and I followed to pay off over $111,000 worth of debt on two teacher salaries while growing our family. I'm also going to be sharing with you the three most common mistakes holding people back from paying off debt so that you can avoid them, so that you can recognize those mistakes in yourself and say, hey, I'm not gonna fall for that mistake again, and you can do the exact opposite. Plus, when you sign up for my debt-free roadmap, you'll get extra free resources sent straight to your inbox every single week. You can click the link in my show notes to get your own debt-free roadmap sent straight to your inbox for free, or go to inspirebudget.com slash debt-free. So the third thing that I learned the hard way to do when struggling with depression or anxiety is to automate everything, everything as much as possible. If you have depression or anxiety, you know that when it hits, it is sometimes hard to complete even the smallest of tasks like going online and making your mortgage payment or going online and making your car payment. It's hard to do that. It's not on the forefront of your mind. It's easy to forget about it. I know personally when I have depression or anxiety, I sleep a lot. So that literally allows less time in my day to complete the smallest of tasks. So I learned early on that I had to automate everything so that way it just paid on its own. So our mortgage comes out on the first of every single month. Almost every single bill we have is automated. And the only bills that we don't have automated are because they don't offer the ability to be automated. So I would automate everything that you possibly can and not just your bills, but also your savings or your debt payments. If you have debt, automate to have the minimum debt payment come out whenever it's due. If you have savings, a lot of banks will allow you to set up automatic drafts from your checking account to your savings accounts. So if you do want to save $100 a month for Christmas, you can set that up. That way you don't have it on yourself to make that transfer. It's already done for you. And it takes just some of the extra work, some of the extra energy away from you. And really, this is a good tip for anyone. No matter no matter your mental state, we tend to live very busy lives. I know in the Western culture, we just see this, this thing as the busier, the better, and I can't stand it. But there's always this pull to be busy and have this chaotic life. And so this takes one thing off of your plate. The fourth thing that I did personally to help me just manage my money better whenever I struggle with anxiety or depression is to actually know what makes me anxious when it comes to my money. So I realized when I was in my late 20s that I really have a lot of anxiety surrounding money and I won't get into why that is. However, I had started noticing patterns that I was more anxious at certain times of the month with money, typically the last like week before we got paid when our account started getting really close to zero. I also realized that I was a little anxious whenever we would do certain things. Like if, if the car broke, I was anxious. I was always really anxious about car car repair costs. And so I had to ask myself, okay, are there certain times when I'm feeling more anxious than others? And for me, I was more anxious usually about a week before payday. We got paid once a month back then. 
And it was obvious. I was snippy. I was nervous. I was almost had these like hoarding tendencies when it came to money because I was so scared. And I had to recognize that in myself. Another question to ask yourself is, are there certain things that make you more anxious? So certain areas of your budget that make you more anxious. For me, I don't know what it is. It's car repairs. Car repairs and dentists make me very anxious. (laughs) financially when it comes to my money I'm just owning it it's it's odd and chances are you have something different that makes you anxious so for me knowing what makes me anxious when it comes to my money allows me to set up some sort of system so that whenever that cost does hit I don't panic so that's why we have a car maintenance sinking fund we have that because Whenever something happens, we can pull from that and it just helps take the edge off for me, for my sake. And then for the dentist, we just use our our emergency fund to cover those. But hey, knock on wood, we haven't had any crazy high dental costs in about two years. Um, So maybe, 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 maybe this anxiety will go away eventually. Who knows? My fifth tip for you when it comes to dealing with depression, anxiety, and managing your money is one that I don't do very well, but I'm really trying to get better at it. And that is to ask for help. You can't do it all. You know, if you suffer from depression or anxiety, it is all encompassing. It takes all of your energy away. It takes all of you to try to rationalize sometimes the things that are going through your mind. And when that happens, we have to be willing to ask for help. Help for the things that we can let go of so that we can focus on getting better, so that we can focus on getting healthy. While it can be so difficult to ask for help, I promise that you won't regret it. So here are some of the things that I have personally asked for help for when it comes to being overwhelmed and when I'm not in a good place mentally, here's exactly what I do know. Okay, I can pass this off. I can ask for help here. One is I ask for help from my husband. My husband, we've been married for 10 and a half years. He can sometimes spot my depression and anxiety coming on before I do. And and if you're sitting here wondering, what, Allison, you suffer from depression, anxiety, like why are you sometimes depressed and you're sometimes not? For me, I go through seasons of depression, even though I'm on antidepressants. And I also go through times where my antidepressants kind of plateau and they stop working for me. And I fall into a depression. And then you have to go through the process of finding a new antidepressant that will work for you. But some antidepressants actually make you feel worse. So that also happens. So it's this ebb and this flow of life. And I've just kind of accepted that this is who I am and this is my life. And and I'm thankful that there's medication out there that can help me. And I'm thankful that there are therapists out there for that can help me. And I'm thankful that I have a husband that can help me. So he has really done a great job of being able to recognize when I'm falling into that before I even can. And now I can. Now that I've been dealing with this for, gosh, uh, over 20 years of my life, I'm pretty good about recognizing when I am falling into depression or anxiety. But what I do is I ask him for help. And some of the things I ask him for help with deal with the money, writing the budgets, tracking the expenses, because I tend to, I, I love doing that, but I don't have the mental energy to sometimes do the things I love. So I ask him for help there. I'll ask him 
asking for help with dinners because I typically cook dinner because I work from home. I'm able to pick my kids up from school, work a little bit, and then I start making dinner. I can't do that all the time when I'm going through these difficult times. So I ask for help with that. I ask for help with cleaning. I ask for help with running errands. I ask him for help because I know that I just don't have the capacity to do everything that I normally could. And one thing I've learned when I do ask for help that I had to learn the hard way is that I have to speak directly and tell them how I am feeling and how they can help me. And I have to be very open and straightforward. So for me, whenever I am struggling, I have to say to my husband, I need you to do this. Or I'll say to my mom, I need help with this. And the people that love you will be there. They will be there to help you because they want you to be good. They want you to be okay. Another way to ask for help that I've done is seek out therapy. Find a therapist that you can connect with and that you can open up to. I fully 100% believe in therapy because it truly changed. It changed my life. It saved my life. And I think that that can be such a driving factor in someone's progress when it comes to overcoming depression and anxiety. It does. Another thing that you can do to ask for help is sometimes you have to look at, and this, I guess this really doesn't fall under asking for help, but sometimes we have to make sacrifices other places so that we can get ourselves healthy. And for instance, our family, we actually paused our financial contributions. This is not something a lot of people know about. We actually paused our contributions to our Roth IRA for about six months so that we could afford for me to have the therapy that I needed. And that's okay. Some people will tell you that's not okay. And maybe that's not for them. But if you're really struggling, you have to do what's okay for you. Let's go over everything, those five things that I talked about, those five things that you can do to set yourself up so that if you are struggling with depression or anxiety, when that does hit you, you have a good foundation in place so that way you can work on yourself because that's what this is all about. This is all about how our mental health is more important than our financial health, but when you are well mentally and your mental health is in a good place, you can set up systems in place. You can do things so that when your mental health might not be in the best place and you have to work on that, everything else can just run smoothly. So the first thing is to follow a plan. Have a plan that you can work towards. That way it's literally so easy that you can do it or you can pass it off to someone else. The second thing is to build up your savings and sinking funds, especially if you know that during those times of depression, anxiety, some people spend more money. Our family spends more money when it comes to picking up more dinners or asking for more help or hiring things out. Having savings and sinking funds in place will help cover some of those costs. The third thing is to automate everything as much as possible. And I think this is a good tip for anyone. When depression, anxiety hits, it's so hard to complete even the smallest of tasks. So automate as much as you can. That way you don't actually have to complete those tasks. The fourth thing you can do is know what makes you anxious when it comes to money. Identify the patterns. That way then you can create sinking funds, you can create systems, so that way you can relieve some of that anxiety. And the last but probably the most important, actually I'm just going to say it is the most important, is to be willing to ask for help from a partner, from a friend, from a therapist, from whatever you need to do. Seek out help 
even though you might not want to. Usually at the end of every episode, I love to answer a question from Instagram, but because this episode has been a little bit more different and a little bit more heavy, I just want to leave you with this. Sometimes we feel completely out of control when it comes to our mental health, when it comes to anxiety. We might feel like we have no control over that. And I want to remind you that with the right steps, you can get help, you can feel better, and that during that process, it's okay to work on your mental health and for that to be more important than your financial health. But while you're in a good place, I want to encourage you, set up your finances, create a system that allows them to run on autopilot so that if or when you're ever hit with something that takes away and sucks all of the energy out of you and the smallest tasks are difficult to complete, that your money is still running, even if it only means your bills are being paid, that that is working behind the scenes so that you can work on yourself. If you enjoyed this episode of the Inspire Budget Podcast, I would love for you to actually send it to a friend. You can do that by sharing it, usually via text message. Send it to someone who you think would benefit from this today. I'm not even going to ask you to share it on social media. I just want you to text it to one person. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And I will see you next Thursday with a brand new episode. Bye.